0: Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. I'm your host, DB. Let's get into it. We talk a lot about sex education, but when I'm shopping for products to support my sexual wellness, exploration, and expression, I head to the experts at Lion's Den. Lion's Den is an adult retailer with over 50 locations nationwide and hundreds of your favorite brands. They have everything you need to explore and express your sexual side. Right now, you can use code SexEdWithDB for 15% off your purchase in store and online at lion'sden.com. Follow them on social media at Adult on Instagram and TikTok for exclusive offers, deals, and giveaways. When you think about the words pleasure and power, what comes to mind? If you're a fan, you know my answer will always be the magic wand. As the world's first ever and best-selling massage wand, the magic wand's familiar shape and legendary power have made magic wand a cultural icon. Revered by millions, it transcends planes of culture and gender its impact is so great that Time Magazine included it on its list of the most influential gadgets of all time. Want to get in on the fun? Go to sexedwithdb.com magicwand to learn more and see how you could win your very own magic wand. At Well and Good, we spend our days talking to and learning from the most interesting people in wellness, experts, thought leaders, and celebrities alike. Now, we're inviting you to join the conversation on our podcast, The Well and Good Podcast, where we discover the wellness that fits your unique frequency. New episodes of The Well and Good Podcast can be found weekly on Wednesdays. Tune in with us wherever you get your podcasts. So you're ready to experiment with anal play, but you're not sure where to start. If I were you, I'd start with education and products by a company founded by a doctor who's an expert on anal sex. I'm talking about Future Method. Future Method develops science-backed products and doctor-led education to maximize pleasure, eliminate injury, and empower the way people choose to play in the bedroom. They even have a blog that puts education at the forefront on topics both popular and taboo. Use code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off at futuremethod.com. Let's talk about a lube I absolutely love Uberlube. Uberlube makes sex better for everyone by reducing friction and increasing pleasure. Whether you're using it for solo sex, sex with a partner, or both, Uberlube has a long lasting performance that lets skin feel skin. It has simple, body and condom friendly ingredients, is scent and color free, dissipates when no longer needed, so there's no sticky residue, and is recommended by leading doctors. Use code SexEdWithDB for 15% off at uberlube.com. Hello and welcome back to another season of Sex Ed with DB. I truly cannot believe that I'm saying this, but we are launching into season eight today, which is what the hell? It's like incredibly exciting. It feels very weird. Eight feels very close to 10. And I feel like I've been doing this for a million years, um, which I kind of have. It's been like six years now that I've been doing this, and I can't even begin to explain how cool it is that I'm able to do this as a full-time job. I feel so lucky and just really, really happy, honestly, that I get to work with such amazing people on my awesome team. I get to partner with the best sponsors, And I get to chat with the most amazing guests and interact with the most incredible followers and fans of this show on our socials and on our podcast and on our email and everywhere we're able to communicate with you all. So just a huge thank you. And just to say, I'm so excited about this first episode of the season and the person that I interview today, their name is Evian Whitney. And I've been a really, really big fan of Evian from afar for quite a while. If you know about sex ed and sexual health and wellness, then you've probably heard of Evian. And I'm really, really excited for you to hear this episode because we talk about a lot of really, really fun things that I uh, was a little nervous, honestly, to talk to them about just because I see them as such a... Powerhouse in this space, and someone who is a little intimidating to me. But I was so, so glad and so pleasantly su- surprised at how kind they were, and how conscientious and sweet and really, really brilliant. And that part wasn't a surprise because I've seen so much of their content, but I was surprised at how comfortable I felt around them. And it was just a really, really wonderful, wonderful first interview of the season. And in this episode, we talk a lot about sensuality and connecting to your body, and we go through some tools and practices that actually can help people get out of their head and and their anxiety and more into their body, which is really neat. And another thing that we talk about that I really, really enjoyed was how being transparent and a a public figure on social media and on the internet and giving a lot of yourself to your audience can be really taxing and really enjoyable, but there's all these facets to that that we don't really talk about and that I didn't really talk about prior to this interview because I definitely felt that way as the, the podcast has grown over the years. And it's just interesting to think about that and to talk about that. And before you hear this amazing episode, I wanna talk a little bit about other projects that we're working on that I want you all to be aware of. So on every Wednesday... You're gonna hear a uh, a full length podcast episode as normal, where we interview a guest uh, that's an expert in their field about whatever whatever it is that we're talking about. And on Fridays, we have a new project called Curious Sex Ed, which is hosted by me and Mariah Caudillo, who is the page runner and sex educator behind Sex Ed Files. And let me tell you a little bit about what we're gonna be covering every Friday in Curious Sex Ed. So, we're real sex educators, as you know, answering even realer anonymous sex ed questions on these Friday Curious Sex Ed episodes. We believe that curiosity around bodies, relationships, and sexuality is for everyone. And we invite you to learn along with us as we educate about amazing sex ed topics and we both share juicy personal stories along the way. I know that's something on our Wednesday episodes that I'm not really able to do as much because I'm so curious about our guests and what they have to say and what they think about uh, their own experiences that sometimes I kind of sprinkle in my own stories, but every Friday this will really be an opportunity for me and Mariah to do this. And so... If you want to have your question potentially answered on these Curious Sex Ed episodes, check out our anonymous question form in our link tree. Uh, It's on our Instagram bio, link in bio, if you go check that out. And you can tune into the first three episodes through Sex Ed with DB starting Friday, April 28th, wherever you get your podcasts. And then after the first three episodes, this content will be exclusively available on buymeacoffee.com slash curious sex ed so you can check us out there. I also want to give a major shout out to our wonderful sponsors this season, Lions Den, Uber Lube, Future Method, and Magic Wand. And if you want discount codes, you can go to sexedwithdb.com slash discounts for exclusive discounts for my audience. And if you want to partner with us, if you're listening to this or you know someone who might want to partner with us, email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. And finally, if you're not following us on social media, what the frick are you doing? Uh, check us out on Instagram at Podcast and on TikTok at DB. And without further ado, here I am with Evian Whitney. Hello, Evian. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm really good. I am very excited to chat with you. You are someone I have admired from afar for a very long time, and it's mm. an absolute pleasure to get to know you. I think like in the first couple years of being a sex educator and doing sex ed with DB, you are someone that's been on my uh, inspiration board, if you will, of people Aww. in the space who – Yeah, like seriously, who are doing like incredibly important and mindful work. And so I'm just very lucky, I feel, to get to talk to you today. So
1: thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here and like such generosity that you've given me with your words. I really appreciate that.
0: Of course. Of course. And for folks who don't necessarily have you on their inspiration board quite yet, I'm wondering if (laughs) you can – introduce yourself and just share a little bit about your work.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, my name is Evian Whitney. I use they, them pronouns. Um, I am a sexuality doula, a somatic practitioner, and a sensualist. I have a bunch of different pots on the burner when it comes to the work that I do. I work with people one-on-one. I have a podcast called Sensual Self. Um, I have a book also called Sensual Self. And uh, really with everything that I do, the, the philosophy behind my work is around helping folks guide themselves into their own sexual liberation and their own sexual healing, whatever that looks like for them, and um, really coming from this space of, like, unshaming, reclaiming, and healing our sexuality at these intersections of pleasure, embodiment, um, race, gender, identity, and, um, yeah, honoring the body. So, that's a bit – that's a little bit of what I do. <laughs> yeah, just a tad. You're, you know, very
0: multifaceted, a lot going on. Uh I think something that I really, really appreciate about you and at least like, you know, everyone is very different, I presume, from kind of the content sometimes that we put out into the world. There are m- many levels to us and what we're feeling and what we're thinking, but – I really get such a sense of honesty and transparency from you and I'm sure you get this a lot but it really does feel like I I know a lot about you and it's it's a very a very special feeling when you haven't actually met somebody yet mm-hmm. and like this idea that you have of honoring the body I think that that really comes through in your work and in your content and in your education and so I wonder if we can start today by just sharing a phrase or a word that really describes how you're feeling in your body today and in your mind.
1: Mm. Mm. (sighs) How am I feeling in my body and my mind today? My body feels a little slow and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I have been trying to slow my pace this year and really like work with the rhythms, the natural fluctuations of my energy and my body. Um, and really trying to do this thing where I'm not moving at, at the speed of light <laughs> for sure. no reason. So um, I think it's a combination of this weather today. It's a little cloudy in Los Angeles and um, it just makes me want to slow down and, and move at a pace where I can hear myself and feel myself more. So I'm feeling a little slow today. And my mind is feeling pretty at peace, which is wonderful because the last few weeks have been uh, – there's been a lot going on. There's a lot of fullness happening in my life right now and a lot of thoughts that I'm thinking, ideas and dreams and goals. And, um, yeah, in this moment, I'm just feeling like, ah, oh, my brain is kind of like taking a break from a lot of the the thoughts that I've been having over the last few weeks. So – yeah, when I hear myself say all this too, I'm like, "Oh, slow and at peace. I I like that. I love this pretty, for me." <laughs> yeah, pretty good. I think
0: like I think yeah. like ch- like checking in with ourselves around that obviously can can change minute to minute, right? I think like right. we can be very temperamental creatures and it really depends on mood and hunger and like how your muscles are feeling and totally. like what your friend said to you on your last phone call and there're just a lot of things that can affect us and so I'm very glad that in this moment you're feeling yeah a little slow in body and peaceful in mind which is a great mm. a great thing.
1: Yeah, thank you for asking that question. <laughs> of course, yeah.
0: I'm wondering a little bit if we could go back and if you can tell me a little bit about kind of how you got here, right? And this question that we ask all of our guests is, you know, what was your sex ed like growing up? And, mm. you know, kind of a two-parter, like what really made you so passionate about this work and does that have to do with your sex ed growing up or your, you know, ways of learning about these topics um, from a young age or is it something else?
1: Yeah, yeah. (sighs) Yeah. The sex education I got growing up was pretty much non-existent. So, um, I I was raised in a religious con- conservative home, so the the bulk of my sex education was around the body, like anatomy, you know, men have penises, women have vulvas. This is how babies are are born and formed, and then also abstinence only. So it was very it was very um there wasn't a lot of room to move around. There wasn't a lot of conversation to be had. It was like marriage uh, – sex is for marriage and um, it's it happens between two people who love each other and you should not be having sex if you're not married. And mm-hmm. if you have sex and you're not married, then um, you're going to hell. So To put it lightly, was, yeah. Yeah, to put it lightly, to put it very lightly. Um, I signed my first purity contract when I was eight. And oh. that gave me so much of an understanding at a very young age before I could even really understand, or before I could even really understand what I was actually signing. It told me everything that I needed to know about my body, about sex, about um, who has a right to my body, and who, um, whether or not I have agency or autonomy over my own body. So I started from that place and, you know, growing up, I was really trying to understand in this world that is so sex-soaked and sex-obsessed, like, okay, I'm getting these teachings from my church and my parents about abstinence and about sin and, you know, how bad masturbation is and how, you know, you shouldn't have erotic thoughts and all of these things. But I'm also being um, given a lot of messages in the media and books that I'm reading and magazines and television shows about sex and how fun sex is and how pleasurable it can be and how it can be a really wonderful way to connect with people that you love and you care about or just like have a good time. So I remember growing up, and like coming into like my teenage years being really confused because I'm getting these mixed messages and I wasn't entirely sure how to navigate a world that was telling me sex is bad and also sex is really good. And in in that um, sex is really good, I was also seeing that sex was um, – it was a way that you got attention. It was a way that, like, you were popular or you got boys and things like that. So there's, like, l- lots of, like, desirability politics, like, meshed up in there. It was a lot, <laughs> and I didn't really, I didn't really have a lot of um, guidance or structure or conversations or, or safe spaces that I could go to where I could get resources about how to unpack all of these like layers and nuances of sex and sexuality, or to even ask these like really granular questions of like, okay, so everybody is telling you what sex is and what sex should be, but how do you want to feel mm. in your sexual experiences and like what what is important to you? You know everyone says that you shouldn't have sex, but like if you want to have sex, how might you do that in a way that is safe and in a way that, you know is um, conscious of, of your own sensitivities and your own safety? So I got into this work really from this place of like trying to relearn, um, and unlearn in a lot of ways, like all of these lessons and things that I was taught about sex and sexuality that were just so wrong, um, or just I don't want to say wrong, but just like they did not align with the way that I wanted to be and experience my own body, my own sexuality. Um, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of shame. And I was really curious about like what was on the other side of that. Like if Everyone seems to talk about this sex as being this amazing thing, but I'm not experiencing that for myself. So what what is on the other side of of shame and um, and sin when it comes to sex? So yeah, becoming a sex educator was not the thing that I imagined I would be doing with my life. I had other plans, but it's very clear to me that this is such a not just a passion, something that I give of service to others, but it's also something that I give of service to myself, to this like younger version of myself that did not receive comprehensive and um, open, responsible, and respectful education around sex, body, gender, identity, love, all of those things. So it's it's been... And one of the things actually I wanted to touch on as you were talking about, about how like the work that I do is... I, I really give so much of myself, and make myself really vulnerable. And there's a lot of honesty and transparency within the work that I do, and it really comes from that place. Like I, I feel um, that I do this work for others, and I also do it for myself. That as I am helping to guide and usher others into their own sexual awakenings, whatever that looks like for themselves, I am also on this journey and I am also on this path as well. And then it feels really important to me that like I am also learning and growing and educating and unlearning right alongside the folks that I work with.
0: Of course. Yeah. I can imagine all of the, the healing and the like fullness as you said it, and the wholeness that comes with like prompting, people to kind of think through some of these things that you, yeah. by, by proxy, I guess, are also thinking through. And I guess, like, one reaction is the whole, you know, purity contract at eight years old when you're just kind of like, okay, like, first of all, purity purity contract, mega yikes. Like, I don't like that period, but I think, like, an eight-year-old it is, is, like, a, a perfect person to – sway into thinking certain things. And it's so frustrating and sad that that is unfortunately the norm in our like American society in many, many states and cultures and uh, communities. And Mm. it just makes me frustrated and like really want to make something like that illegal. I mean, like it it feels so, so uh, terrible to like think that that that's still happening, right?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm Hmm. Yeah. Um. When I think back to those those moments, I just it it feels really gross in my body. You know, and especially because like what you said, it's like that's and this is something that I've been unpacking so much in therapy. Like I feel so much anger that. That was something that was imposed upon me without my consent. Because I'm eight years old, I didn't really understood understand what purity was or virginity was or what even sex was. And yet, I'm in this I'm in this space, which is supposed to be a safe space. You know, it's it's uh, in church and it's amongst you know my church friends and leaders um, that I have given a lot of trust to and I have seen as an authority figure. Uh, the fact that like this was part of my story and now a part of my body. Like I purity culture lives deep inside of me because of those very formative years that it was given to me without very much context, without my consent in terms of like, let's talk about what you're signing. Like let's talk about what abstinence means and like Let's also like project a little bit into the future because like I'm eight years old now, but like if I'm making this contract, how is that going to feel when I'm 16? How is that going to feel when I'm 25 if I'm not married still? Like just thinking about like the, the the impacts of that. And it's something that I've seen a lot with the folks that I've worked with as well who have had similar backgrounds, being raised in religious households, um, having similar uh, purity culture upbringings and things like that, like they're also experiencing the same dissociation with their sexuality and their bodies because at a very young age, that's what they were taught to do, and um, it was also upheld as as like this is what good people do, and if you're good, then you will be loved, and if you're loved, you will be happy. Like it's just, it's it's really sick and twisted. I really wish that purity culture was something that folks got a chance to opt into. Because I don't necessarily think that signing a purity contract is a bad thing. If that's something you're giving fully like informed consent about, okay, this is what this is. This is what this means. Also, contracts can be broken. And if you want to sure. break that contract, that's okay too. We are allowed to change our minds. We are allowed to grow outside of, outside of the, the boundaries that we have placed within ourselves. It's it's giving that as like an obligation, you know, like it's giving that as like something that there's no other choice that you have. Like I wasn't able to make a choice. Um, this was the only option that I think is really harmful and and does a lot of damage to particularly women and femmes because I don't believe that. I, I'm, I'm certain that men and masculine identified folks um, likely signed contracts like these, but the majority of the folks that I talk to and the majority of the folks that I work with are women femme identifying folks non binary people, and um they have the same experience, you know absolutely,
0: yeah, and I think again, there's so much to this when it comes to like religion, culture, like folks of different communities, I think like Jane the Virgin, for example, did a really phenomenal job talking about like the way in which our you know grandmothers and like people who are elder and like the way that they kind of compare like your virginity to a flower. And I think that really like yes. touched a lot of people and like felt like their experiences. And, yeah. you know, I kind of want to shift now a little bit to what you're mentioning with folks that you work with, right? Like you in 2014 pioneered the term sexuality doula, which even the term feels like very new, very much something that like I personally love and connect with, with the idea that you're doing this work, helping people connect with their bodies. And you know, you're you're educating, you're facilitating, you're supporting, as you mentioned, you know, you're holding space for women and non-binary folks, and you're helping them, you know, reclaim a lot of their sexual expressions and their bodies and really defining these ideas for them on their terms. And so I'm wondering if you can just share, and again, everyone's different, of course, and I'm sure every it's very much like a I'm thinking of like an IEP, like for a student, like an individualized education plan. Like everyone has their own kind of ideas of what to do next for themselves. But I'm wondering if you can just share a couple examples maybe of like exercises and practices and what that might look like for somebody who you work with as a sexuality doula.
1: Totally. Yeah. Um, So people come to me from a place of either disconnection or... Um, lack of education, fear, anxiety or shame around sex and all the other things that follow underneath that umbrella. So gender, relationship structures, pleasure, the relationship that they have with their body, self-care. It really is wrapped around um, so much of what we experience and are in play with and relationship with when it comes to sex. So folks come to me because they're like I feel really lost. I I don't have a sense of who I am as a sexual person, but I really want to know. Like I really want to know this version of myself. I don't I just don't know where to start. Like there's just so much compacted onto this process for me. Like it's hard for me to talk about sex. It's hard for me to even have sex. I've been given so many beliefs and ideas about who I'm supposed to be sexually, and I don't know which is true and what I should do and what I shouldn't do. So my work looks like really creating a space for folks to flesh all of this stuff out, like flesh out the shame, flesh out the teachings, the stories that they've been given that don't fit for them, and also to invite in some curiosity and some – excitement around like if you could design your sexuality to be exactly the way that you want it to be and all these other stories and all these other narratives and shoulds that have been placed upon you could just like fall away, what would you design? Like who would you want to be? How would you want to create yourself? Um, So it's it's a combination of like working with what is holding folks back from attaining this sort of sexual identity, um, sexual expression that they want to have, and also like creating space for them to explore that, like uh, creating space for them to take on these different identities that um, may not have been offered to them or available to them. Um, part of my work also is around sort of liberating and bringing more education around the asexual experience. So this idea that like not everybody is sexual and it is okay if your sexuality or your sexual desire or your libido fluctuates. Um, And what does it look like for you to include that within your identity? Like to say, actually, I don't really want to prioritize sex. And that comes from a deep, sincere place, not necessarily from a place of trauma or shame, but because like There are other things that I want to focus on in my life. Like this isn't something that is important to me. So how can we include that within their identities and also give them space to explore different ways of connection, intimacy with themselves and others, and pleasure as being a part of that experience? Um, I work with sensuality a lot, which is about you know just having a deep, intimate relationship with your body and your senses and folding in pleasure into that without necessarily having sex be a part of that. So I've said a lot about what that looks like. Um, In terms of the practices that I give people, one of the first places that I go toward is the body. Like what is folks' relationships with their body? Just like on a regular degular, like not within a sexual context, but like you're walking around your apartment. What are the thoughts that are coming up around your body? What is the self-talk that you have when you are – eating a meal or getting dressed or taking off your clothes. um, We have sex with our bodies. And it makes sense to me that we would be very curious about like how to heal ourselves, how to heal whatever sexual ruptures we have had through our bodies and through the relationship that we have with our bodies. So that's where like I fold somatics in, like really folding in um, the wisdom, the deep inherent wisdom of the body working with practices through the body to help people to express to release and to just get curious about like what are the sensations feelings emotions stories that live here and how can that wisdom help guide me on this path toward liberation toward healing toward pleasure and toward aliveness um so body is something that we work with first. The other question that I ask is like what are your what is your relationship to pleasure like, you know? And not within a sexual realm, again, also just from a place of like what are the ways that you make your body feel good? And like do you have a relationship with making your body feel good? And what's beautiful about these things that we're ex- exploring outside of us, outside of a sexual context, is that once we get really clear about the relationship that we have with our bodies, about the relationship that we have with pleasure, um, outside of sex, we can then bring that into sexual context with new information, new ways to engage with that that don't feel so. Uh, bogged down by a lot of the shoulds and stories that we have about the way that we should be in our bodies during sex, the way that we should be in our pleasure during sex. Um, So I really work first kind of like taking sex out of the equation a little bit and just like like a holistic view. Like, tell me what your body is like. Like, tell me what it's like to be in your body. Tell me what makes your body feel good? And oftentimes just like having that dialogue opens up so much and it allows me to see like, okay, this is this is where we need to go. Um, this is where I would like for us to go. And here are some of the practices that I can work with you on to help you go deeper. I imagine even just
0: <clears throat> taking the sexual piece out of it like you just said and just having time and space for people to think through what brings me joy, pleasure, and happiness on a day-to-day? Like, when are we being encouraged to do that? Never. It's like –
1: (laughs) Never. It's like
0: numb yourself with this TV show or like Mm -hmm. pretend like you are, you know, not worried about the things that you're stressed about by distraction or, you know, there's very little like opportunity that we have in our like really fast-paced environment with so many emergencies, right? Like the news, the election, Mm -hmm. like the politics, like there's a great expectation, at least I feel in my circles as an adult to kind of like be on top of my shit and like know what's going on. And that leaves pretty little room for me to like really focus inward and like to use your word that you're feeling about your body today, like slow it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so I – find that that's kind of revolutionary to really be able to think through like what brings me pleasure, what feels good in a non-sexual way. And, and then once those things are identified, then kind of taking it to like a phase two in a sense, mm-hmm. if that's something that someone is interested in doing.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I work with a lot of survivors, you know, a for, for whom sex is just really difficult or ha- it comes with a lot of weight, um, comes with a lot of baggage. And, and for me, as someone who is also a survivor, it feels really important to, like, take sex out of the equation as a way to just, like, very gently go into these areas. Because I know for me, I... The idea of trying to fix my sex life was just too much. And um, what I really needed to do was start from the very beginning, which was like, what relationship do I have with my body? And the more I began to heal that and understand that, the more I could find new ways of resilience that I could tap into so that when I began to start going into these realms of like my sexual trauma or my sexual desires i had something that i could lean back into in my own body so the work that i do is as is as trauma informed as possible with this understanding that like sometimes it's not helpful or useful to go straight into like okay so let's talk about orgasms because we need more time we need a lot of us haven't been In safe spaces or have had safe conversations around sex and sexuality. And the idea that we could just jump right into that without like allowing people to like acclimate and find their own sense of safety and resilience within these conversations Mm -hmm. that's really important to me. I really want to make sure that in everything that I do, in every class that I teach, every um, talk that I give, every session that I'm in with someone, that. There is safety first and foremost. And if that means that we are spending the first month not even really talking about sex, but we're just exploring like senses, you know, you being in your own body and experiencing um, your sensuality from a non-sexual place, if that is going to help us get to a space of like possibility and dreaming and healing around sexuality, I'm all for slowing down so that we can – feel and find more safety within this process, because we all need it, we all need that so much.
0: Let me tell you about one of my favorite pleasure product retailers out there, Lions Den. If you haven't heard about Lions Den before, I can't wait to tell you about them. Lions Den opened its first retail facility in Columbus, Ohio in 1971. That's right, over 50 years ago. Since then, they've grown to more than 50 outlets throughout the U.S., building their reputation on high-quality products, low prices, and a knowledgeable sales staff who can help you find the perfect toy. One of the many things I love about Lions Den is that they advocate for a sex-positive perspective on intimacy and sexual well-being, and strive to break the stereotypes and stigma surrounding sex by providing comprehensive educational resources to empower everyone to enjoy life to the fullest. They are simply amazing. Lucky for you, Lion's Den is giving my listeners an exclusive discount of 15% off your purchase, in store and online with code sexed with DB at lionsden.com. What are you waiting for? Get your amazing Lion's Den toy now. Here are my top three favorite things I love about UberLube. Number one, Uberlube makes sex feel a lot more pleasurable. It's as simple yet as powerful as that. Number two, Uberlube is recommended by leading doctors, and its body friendly ingredient list is widely used by people with sensitivities to lubricants. And number three, Uberlube will not stain clothing or bedding. Any spills can be easily cleaned with detergent and water. Get your bottle of Uberlube now with code SexEdWithDB for 15% off at uberlube.com. When it comes to anal sex, what comes to mind? If you're a beginner like so many of us out there, maybe you feel scared, unsure, or just plain uneducated. Future Method can help with that. Founded by a doctor and anal sex expert, Future Method develops science-backed products and non-judgmental doctor-led education to maximize pleasure, eliminate injury, and empower the way people choose to play in the bedroom. They even have a blog started by the gay community and now for everyone that puts education at the forefront on topics both popular and taboo. Use code sexedwithdb for 15% off at futuremethod.com. Let's play a little fill-in-the-blank game where you have to guess what goes in the blank. Cosmopolitan magazine called the blank the little black dress of vibrators, and Time magazine named the blank among the top 10 most influential gadgets of all time. Even at 50 years old, the blank is still turning heads as the most recommended and best-selling massage wand in America. Any guesses? The answer is the magic wand. It's loved by millions for a reason. It's powerful and hits all the right pleasure points. Want to see what all the fuss is about? Go to sexedwithdb.com slash magicwand to learn more and see how you could win your very own Magic Wand Rechargeable. Too often, women of color are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness. Hosted by me, Dr. Cassandra Dunbar, Be Well Sis is a wellness podcast where women with diverse expertise and experiences have open and honest conversations that aim to make wellness more inclusive and accessible. Tune in every Tuesday for actionable insights and resources to help you live more joyfully, authentically, and beautifully. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. Be Well Sis. Another aspect to this, right, is that none of this is stagnant. Like it's 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 like a river, right? Like this idea of how you feel about your body and your sexuality and yourself and your partner, if that's, you know, in your life. And it really ebbs and flows. And I think like this idea that we're just going to have this, you know, it's it's not like a mountain to climb where like the peak is like you're all of a sudden like – your best sexual self—it's a muscle, mm-hmm. right—that you kind of have mm-hmm. to like really, and a garden that you have to tend to and like build. And I think, especially for me, when it comes to body image and self-image, and like like what you said before, like how do you feel about your body when you take your clothes your clothes off, or when you get dressed in the morning, or you know when you look at your yourself in the mirror and i think like it's it's a, it's this muscle that like you have to be encouraged either by yourself or by you know an expert such as yourself to say like what like feels good to you like when you look in the mirror like what do you really like relate to and feel so like happy to see in yourself um whether that's on the outside and the inside and it's it's such an important practice like we we talk about like exercising all the time as, like, a society to, like, you know, build our physical health and to get stronger. And, like, we don't talk about, like, how to build our self-image, which really mm-hmm. impacts so many pieces of us.
1: So many pieces. It's all connected, you know? Um, it's it's all connected. It's not I, – I have tried to work within my own sexual healing from this place of, like, um, oh, if I just like buy this particular toy or try this particular technique, it's going to unlock everything that was constricted in my body, mm. all the norms and narratives. Like, it's just going to be fine. I'll just show up and do the thing. It's fine. And it's like, no, actually, especially when we're thinking about marginalized folks, like this is all of this stuff. There's so much history and there's so much wrapped into our sex sex lives. I mean, we've had hundreds and hundreds of years of, um, stigma and dogma around this aspect of ourselves and also confusion as well, you know, just like coming back to these dueling messages that I was given when I was a kid, like sex is bad and then, but sex is so good. Sex is like MTV, you know, like music videos. So like we, there's, we have a lot of conflicting information. We have a lot of, um, a lot of dissociation between ourselves, like what who we want to be as sexual beings and also what our culture is constantly trying to tell us that we should be. So, yeah, it just, it makes sense for me that we start small, that we start slow. And we also start with a lot of reverence of like what it has taken for us to be here. And not even just in our own bodies, but thinking about what our grandmothers taught us about Mm. sex and sexuality, the traumas that they have experienced, um, our ancestry, like how sex was spoken about to them and how that was carried down into, you know, our lore, like our family lore, you know, like it's all connected. So whenever I'm in session with people, I'm I'm not even just – the way I see it is that I'm not in session with just this one individual. I'm also thinking about like their family and like these traditions that were passed down to them um, about their body, about rest, about pleasure, about who has a choice over their own bodies. Um, all of it's connected. All of it's connected. And that's what makes this work so rich for me because it's not just like – woohoo, dildos. It's like, let's talk about intergenerational trauma and how we can like break this cycle of sexual shame for the first time in your lineage. Like that is, Um, it makes me feel so good.
0: That's very, yeah, I mean, very powerful thought. And I think like thinking through too about like the amount of grace that we wanna give to people who, kind of came to us, whether that be our parents or our grandparents or aunts or, you know, people in our families because of what they were taught. And I think like for myself, I know that I want to be a parent one day and I'm going to really try my best with my kids when it comes to teaching them everything in like a really kind, patient way. And like parents fuck up all the time. And like that really sucks that like kids are so impressionable and like The idea that a parent would, you know, be able to say like, hey, like I kind of fucked up here and like here's what I wish I would have said. I think like a lot of young people and old, just people who have relationships with their parents and, you know, people who raise them, that that conversation is like very much needed for some of that healing.
1: Yes, 100%.
0: Going back a little bit to, you know, this is kind of a meta question because it's about like how you feel about. Being like a public person, which you're doing right now in this interview. But, you know, we talked about you being like very open and transparent in many aspects of your life, your practices, your feelings, and how things kind of go for you behind the scenes sometimes and what that really looks like. You know, you shared your thoughts and feelings about book grief during the one year anniversary of your book, Sensual Self, Mm. Um, you know, due to how isolating and lonely it could be to write a book despite how exciting and thrilling it could be in the same breath or in a different moment. Um yeah. and I'm I'm wondering like what have maybe been like some of the most surprising moments and learnings for you from doing this very public, intentional, embodied, connected, and laborious work for yourself <laughs> and for others.
1: Yeah. That's an excellent question. Um, one of the biggest things that I've learned is that we are all connected. Like I I used to think that I was the only person on earth that was struggling with their sexuality. Hmm. Like that was an actual belief that I had. I was like everybody else is having the best sex of their lives. And little old me is in my apartment being like I don't even know what good sex is. I don't even know how to do that with my body. And um, – through this work, I've I have seen the power of community and the power of um, relationality, like being able to um, connect to each other through similar experiences that we're all having. We're all we're all not all most of us are having similar experiences about this and that has been really wonderful and i've seen the power of that in what i share you know when i started talking about my ace identity i was floored to see that so many people were like oh my god i'm ace too or i think i'm ace as well i've never thought of my sexuality in this context before like the healing power of community and and being able to see and witness each other it not only helps you to not feel alone but it also creates this beautiful um, support network, uh, that allows you to feel like, oh yeah, like I've got a community at my back. Like I, this is, I'm not the only one that is experiencing this, this experience and I can look to other people and be inspired by them. Um, you know, this idea of a possibility model, like this idea that like you are not alone and that there's someone that you can look to that, um, that can inspire you about what's possible for you. Um, Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned as I've just been sort of fumbling through my own journey and being so honest about what's moving and shaking and challenging me is, is remembering like, Oh, this is not an isolated experience. Like there are many people who are having this same or a similar experience and, feeling that makes me feel less alone and it also helps connect me to the people who connect with my work.
0: Yeah. This power of community is not to be taken lightly. I think especially with social media, like we are allowed to really be able to kind of like see the, the stretchiness of like how far our feelings can really go and who kind of like Holds on to them and really appreciates them, and I think that that is what you do with your work. At least my experience of it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's definitely moving, super powerful to be able to to access, like, help other people access that. I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Moving on a little bit to uh, me for a hot second. So when I'm like overwhelmed and anxious in my body. Um, Which, you know, again, ebbs and flows. I think it really shifts depending on like how much work that I'm doing and if I've, you know, moved my body that day and if I've sweat and if I have eaten and, you know, all of these interwoven pieces. Um, I find myself really seeking some sort of ritual or Mm -hmm. something that I hope will work if i just give it kind of a little bit of space and time and i've talked to a lot of people in my life who have really similar feelings around like you know i'm i'm feeling like when things are a little out of control i'm kind of like wanting something to fall back on that really like aids me and makes me feel a little bit more grounded. And I really love this practice that you shared of connecting to your pleasure in 60 seconds and like connecting to your body. You recently shared it on your Instagram. And I wonder if you can just kind of like talk a little bit about it and share that a little bit here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, pleasure for me is one of the biggest ways for me to feel alive um, and more present in my body uh, because pleasure stimulates my senses. It makes me feel alive. Um, so one way that we can do this practice that isn't super lofty, because I know pleasure is a big word and there's a lot of connotation that comes with that. And I know for me, when I was starting to dabble into pleasure, I thought that it had to be these like big grand gestures of bubble baths and four hour massages and things like that, which is fine. Um, but, uh, I'm really interested in like creating spaces where it is accessible, like where pleasure and being in your body is as accessible as possible. Um, and also is kind of not centered around capitalism. Like this idea that we can find pleasure just by virtue of being in our bodies and we don't have to buy anything or go to a place or have someone do something to or for us in order to access that. Um, so a practice of pleasure can be um, taking a small, simple act. I think in the video that you're talking about, I used maybe like a hand oil. Mm-hmm. If I'm not, okay. Yeah. So it's taking a small and simple act. And it could be putting hand cream on your hands. It could be doing your face uh, routine, your skin routine in the morning. It could be braiding your hair, washing your hair. Basically finding something that you're already doing and then slowing that process all the way down and allowing yourself to drink in the pleasure of that experience through your senses. So with the video that you're talking about, um, the, the practice was putting some oil on your hands and allowing yourself to like slow down the process, to feel what it feels like, to um, emulsify the product in your hands, smelling it, using your nose to take in the sense. Looking at your hands as you are rubbing the oil inside of them, um, feeling what it's like for you to touch yourself. Like, what do you feel when you touch yourself? From both, like the hand perspective, and also from the you perspective. Like, I what I feel on my hand is this, and what I feel on the hand that is touching the hand is this. Right. Um, and using the breath, using the breath to to help ground you even more into your body. Um, and even just doing 10 seconds of that can be so profound. Uh, I know for me, I do this practice often and it helps me to be more grounded in my body. It helps my anxious mind to quiet a little bit. Um, and it also helps me to remember that like I am not on this earth just to toil and suffer. <laughs> like I am – right. I am on this earth to feel good and to have these little moments of pleasure and enjoyment and savoring with my body. Um, and I really find that to be a radical act, particularly in this world that is constantly telling us not to slow down and to not be in our bodies. Um, so, yeah, I, I recommend finding a simple practice that you're already doing and just like slowing it all the way down. Um, A colleague of mine, Euphemia Russell, who wrote the book Slow Pleasure, talks about um, taking an act and like adding 15% more pleasure into it. And mm-hmm. I love that idea of like just 15%. Like you don't have to go full 100. You don't even have to go full 30. But what would it be like for you to add 15% more pleasure to this particular practice, act, activity that you're doing? Um, so yeah, highly recommend Euphemia's work. Um, they're one of my my favorite people to talk about pleasure
0: with. I love it. Yeah, it it is radical. I mean, it, it shouldn't be. I think like it's – it's so fun to experience pleasure and it's, it's pretty pure, right? It's like how your body is feeling and it is connecting to your mind, right? In those moments of like the hand cream, for example, of like smelling good, feeling good, that breathing, like I just really connect to this idea of like this small thing that you're able to do every day if you want to. Um, mm-hmm we only have a couple more questions. Thank you again so much for being here. This has been so fun to talk to you. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, and yeah, great getting to know you. But I'm wondering if you can share one thing that you would want everyone to know about connecting to their bodies if you had a microphone to the world, what would you say?
1: <laughs> oh, man, a microphone to the world. Um, I would want people to know that their bodies are so intelligent. Like so intelligent. I've seen so many people who really treat the body like this thing that the brain has to lug around and control. And um, yeah, I I want people to have more reverence and more respect for their bodies. I want people to know that their bodies are constantly talking to them and giving them messages, even when they think that they're not. um, And that it is so important that we listen. Like it's so important that we take moments to listen to the messages that our bodies are trying to give us. Whether that is to slow down, to rest, to take a sip of water, to not say the thing, to stay inside. Um, if people are trying to take you out and you're like, no, it's too late. I want to rest. Like, like what would it be like to treat our bodies as a friend that we? Um, Deeply respect, admire, and want to be in relationship with. I think coming to connection with our bodies from that place feels a lot better than just like, oh, my body is such a drag. And that's not to say that our bodies don't have those moments. I mean, right. to have a body, sometimes it is a drag, sometimes it is it's annoying, tough. you know, the pain and tension and trauma like these are all things that we we experience in our bodies and um i understand the desire to want to disconnect and dissociate from that but there's something very beautiful about paying attention to our bodies and like really honoring the voice of it and um doing it in a slow and steady pace like we don't have to go straight into all of these areas that are challenging but like what would it be like for you to just like make it a practice to put your hand on your heart take a deep breath and just like tune in like what is what is my body saying to me right now and i've given this practice to people before and often they're like it's so frustrating my body isn't saying anything to me i'm like just keep coming back just keep coming back cuz you've had many many years of your body talking to you and you saying not today not not right now i'm not going to listen to you that's too inconvenient i'm not i'm not going to pay attention to you so like give your body time to remember that you can be in a collaborative relationship with each other um so yeah i say more body connection wherever wherever you can <laughs> wherever you can find it i love it
0: i love it it's definitely something that i am taking to heart literally and uh, emotionally mm-hmm. and psychologically mm-hmm. so thank you mm-hmm. uh I'm just wondering what's next for you and where our listeners can find you, get your book, kind of like hear more about your work, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah. You know, this year, and I kind of mentioned it at the beginning, I'm really trying to rest. <laughs> I've I've done a lot of these last few years. Yeah. I mean, my book came out and I was just running all over the place. And um, I'm really trying to do a little less this year. I'm trying to slow down. I'm trying to rest. I'm trying to like take care of myself. So I don't have any exciting projects coming up. um, But that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, enjoy the fruits of previous labors that I've done. Um, (laughs) Of course. uh, So my book, Sensual Self, you can find that wherever you find books. It's a really beautiful self-guided journal that helps you tap into your body and connect to your pleasure. Um, there's prompts in there and exercises that will um, help you to explore and get curious about the sensations of your body, the message of your body. And um, it's just, it's a really beautiful offering. I'm really proud of it. So can find Sensual Self wherever you find books. Um, I have a podcast also called Sensual Self where we talk about everything that we've talked about here, gender, um, sensuality, pleasure, being in your body, practices that you can do um, that can help you to connect with your breath. And uh, yeah, Sensual Self, the podcast, you can find wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, I'm on Instagram. I post some Little reels and videos and resources that folks can um, engage with relating to asexuality and um, pleasure practices. And I even did like this really cute little one with my partner the other day about flirting. Loved it, (laughs) like a triangle embodiment flirting tech. Yeah, so um, there's just like little little fun little snippets on there. Um, So yeah, that's that's where you can find me.
0: Wonderful. Well, Evian, it's been. So wonderful. Thank you again so much for being on. And yeah, it's really, really amazing. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure chatting with you.
0: Our creator, host, and executive producer is me, Danielle Bezalow. Our producer and communications lead is Catherine Cohen. Our associate producer and communications coordinator is Sadie Ligi. Our marketing coordinator is Kate Fiala. Our music theme is by Hook Sounds. Thanks so much to our featured guests, partners, and listeners. Want to partner with us? Email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. For more sex ed content, follow us on Instagram at sexedwithdbpodcast and on TikTok at sexedwithdb. For exclusive content and to submit an anonymous sex ed question, check out my new podcast on Fridays, Curious Sex Ed, hosted with Mariah Caudillo of Sex Ed Files. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash curioussexed to learn more. See you next time.